You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our coverage of Nip Tuck, a disturbingly perfect drama. And on this disturbingly perfect episode of a podcast, we're going to be recapping the first season of Nip Tuck. You've joined us for all 13 episodes of the first season, and now we're just going to basically go over the season in halt, what worked, what didn't work, and go through a variety of different things. And let's start off by saying my name is Ben, and hey, asshole. And I'm Nick, and tell me what you don't like about yourself. I've been waiting so long to be able to use hey, asshole, and I thought I'd <laughs> save it for this one, perhaps. But uh, look, Nick, it's been a lot of fun. We've covered 13 episodes of, of Nip Tuck, and uh, we've, we've gone through everything and anything that we can basically think about. So time to kind of go over a few different things along the way for this first season. But I guess just generally your thoughts on how this show's going after one season. I mean, on this rewatch so far, how have you found kind of going over these episodes again compared to maybe when the last time you watched it well i think probably what i've um noticed the most about this this episode or this this first season i should say is that it's been way more character heavy than i thought it would be um that i thought my memory of it that we were totally looking at stuff that was around you know that that whole escobar thing and the fact that there's a lot more about the, the kind of interpersonal relationship shouldn't have surprised me because that's where the show is the strongest i think is in the character stuff um so it, it kind of really surprised me and um, i've been incredibly impressed with this first season um some fantastic moments and we're going to talk about some of them and um you know some great characters some you know all our main characters are, are awesome but also some really fun minor characters as well yeah for sure and it's it's kind of I mean look i think i mentioned a bit throughout this rewatch i mean this is a show that i i have sort of rewatched fairly recently i guess within the last 18 or so months of doing this and nip tuck's generally a show that i probably will rewatch at least every couple of years you know it's always there and thereabouts of the show that i just find myself always having to watch and um, yeah, I, I agree with you about how character-driven it is because it's kind of it's interesting to think about all the stuff we've talked about across these thirteen episodes about how little I feel we've actually talked about the surgeries along the way. I mean, it's it's kind of it's interesting that I was thinking about this. I think in the last episode, the fact that this is almost a medical show, if anything. I mean, it's based around you know the world of plastic surgery, so it's medical. But you know, compare this to say an ER or you know, heaven forbid, Grey's Anatomy. Um, it's kind of, you know, comparing, it's like apples and oranges in a way, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I don't enjoy medical dramas. I've never really watched them. Um, so for me, I never really saw this as being a medical show at all. Um, you know, which is funny to think because the kind of centerpiece of the show in a lot of ways is the, the, the surgery scenes, like they're a really big part of this and it's what the, it, you know, we're, I think we talked a little bit early on that this show is, is quite good at doing the subtle kind of sex stuff. Like it doesn't shove it in your face, so to speak. Um, it does actually, you know, kind of, um, make it a little bit more subtle and that's a bit different from some other shows that I could name. But one thing where it is in your face and absolutely throws it at you and challenges you to, you know, to deal with it is in those surgery scenes, it's full on gore and, you know, it, it is what it is and you have to accept that as, as being, you know, part of the show and, and, and deal with the blood and gore that comes with it. And it's interesting kind of you saying about the sex sort of stuff. It's kind of, I feel when this was a, around, it was, it was highly considered explicit in a way like I, I know kind of when they showed it on channel nine here in australia you know it was on late at night ma ratings all this sort of stuff and dvd sort of are rated highly and that's always got you know like 
you know, strong sex scenes. But I guess in a 2017 world, you know, when you've got shows like Game of Thrones and things like that, you know, this is very tame, I guess, into what we, they get away with a lot more on cable shows these days. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think we need to remember that this, this show has aged a little bit, but I still think it holds up really well. And, yeah, I mean, things are a little bit different. And, you know, I don't really understand how the American um, cable system works, that there are some that it's really violent. Like, if I think of, of, you know, probably two of the bigger cable shows, you know, probably Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, and one of them is is really all about sex and violence being Game of Thrones, whereas Walking Dead definitely has the violence element, there's no doubt about that, but in a different way. Mm. Um, and so I, th- I think it depends. Like HBO is obviously known for, for being really out there and pushing the envelope when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but to me, I think everything that's in this in terms of the, the kind of surgeries and everything like that is um, to help tell a story, and, and that's what makes it different and better, I think, is that it's not just there to shock the audience, it's actually there to to kind of propel the storyline a little bit. And it's, it's interesting the way it's done because it's kind of, yeah, you're right, sort of with like their cable shows, how some are there to do this and some are there to do another. I mean, I kind of feel like Nip Tuck falls into almost like a Breaking Bad category where, you know, it, it kind of, it sets itself apart like it's definitely never going to be a network show in terms of the content it shows. But, you know, similar to Breaking Bad, like you never really see nudity. You never hear the F word. You know, they never go out of their way to kind of really shove that in your face. And I think that's also down to the network. Like, I mean, FX, you know, I guess isn't an HBO in the terms of what it does and doesn't show. You know what I mean? It's kind of... And it's never becomes a part of it. Like, look, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so, you know, I've, I've seen bits here and there of kind of how they do it. But, you know, through other shows I've watched over the years, say, like a True Blood or a Dexter, you know, when... You know, there's Showtime shows, HBO shows, and kind of, you know, the F words, every second word, there's nudity, there's sex, and stuff like that. You kind of just get used to it, whereas kind of like on a show like this where, you know, you still have graphic sex scenes in a way, and there's still language involved, it's it's not really, you know, shoved down your throat like, let's drop an F-bomb, let's show some boobs every five seconds. They, they do it yeah. without sort of doing it to a point where it's over the top. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and... To me, it just it feels natural. I never feel like, you know, some of those surgery scenes are pretty intense, but it never feels like it's done just to shock you alone. There's always a bigger reason behind it, which is, I think, a good thing. Yeah, so I guess kind of what we'll do in these is we sort of just, you know, review the main points of the season, you know, the main storylines. We'll go over what worked, didn't work, characters, things like that, and moving forward, of course, to season two. But I guess kind of main plot lines, if we're looking at this season, Nick, uh, you know, obviously really being introduced to Dr. Christian Troy and Dr. Sean McNamara, you know, their relationships involved. Obviously, we've got uh, Julia, Sean's wife, the, the connections that they've always had across their life. We've got Matt, we've got Annie, um, we, we meet Liz, of course, there. We have somebody called Grace, apparently, um, and just kind of, we just get a feel for their life as plastic surgeons in Miami, just their their attitudes and their relationships along the way. Obviously, we've got the whole Escobar Galado storyline, which comes in the first episode and really ties up towards the end. A uh, big plot line, of course, is Sean's marriage with Julia. Sean has an affair um, and kind of everything that relates around there. Julia nearly has an affair. She has thoughts. She's not exactly completely innocent. And then, of course, with Christian, you know, just his womanizing ways. We meet people like Kimba, you know, his treatment of women. And, of course, we've got this whole Gina scenario, the baby, ultimately not Christian's baby, uh, and just kind of a lot of things that go along the way with there. I mean, um, they're sort of your main plot lines. I mean, I don't know if there's a 
whole lot more there that I haven't touched on that you also want to add along the way with that? Well, I, I think just one of the things that I'll talk a lot about, um, and I think I already have, is that this is a show that's really about the characters and their reaction and their relationships with each other. And, you know, you would have you would have listened to what we talked about at the end of the season in terms of the plot, the plot holes and things like that. And for me, that feels pretty natural because this show is focusing on the, the the characters rather than making sure that the plot always makes sense and to me a lot of people might have issues with that but to me for the most part this show the plot is important but it's nowhere near as important as how the characters react to what's happening and to each other and so the character stuff is so important that's what i'm attracted to and so you know that when you list off those those key things to me I'm thinking about the relationship that they have to each other and all that kind of stuff. And so to me, the important thing is really around those characters. And you now one of the things we talked about in a really uh, first episode, Ben, was, you know, are you a Sean man or are you a Christian man? So <laughs> you know, having gone through this first season now, you know, are you clear on your answer at this point in our, in our um, six season journey? Look, I'm still Christian for sure. But I mean, it's just, it's interesting kind of with the Sean stuff, just the dynamics with his character. Cause you know, he's. If I had to, again, I think I might have mentioned this in an episode. If I had to personally connect with the character and think about from my, from how I am in my life and my situations, you know, sadly I'm not like a Christian, so I would be very much more, you know, connected to Sean on that level. But it's kind of, it's just, I've always just been such a huge Christian. Like I think I've mentioned again, like if you ever have those sort of questions about, like, if you could be any character from a TV show, who would you be? I've always would put Christian in my top three just because there's just so many elements of his character that I would just love to be uh, for obvious reasons <laughs> alongside other reasons as well. But, yeah, it's, it's it's just the viewing of Sean along the way. It's just he's so complex, and we talked up Christian about being complex, but we just seem to forget about Sean and just how it is but I, I think you really the, the way I like to look at this really strongly as well as I think you said in the very first episode about how this is almost just like a six season you know heterosexual love story between two men and it's it's kind of just the way to look at it from that perspective because I don't know if we really got a whole lot of that in this first season it definitely comes into play next season and in future seasons and that's again going back to your character driven point it's it's kind of it's it's rare for a show, I feel, to kind of have two main stars that just work that way across the whole run. I mean, generally, when you've got a show based around two main people like this, you know, one will get sort of written out more than the other. Or, like, it's very rare that they keep equal billing across the entire season run. Or, like, one of them will just get sick of it and want to leave or something like that. But it's it's kind of this whole six seasons, and I think we'll touch on this, that every time we do one of these recaps, it, it is very 50-50 between Christian and Sean. And I guess that's kind of ultimately when you say you team Christian, team, you know, Sean, it's always going to fluctuate a bit because, again, it's so evenly spread between these two across all the all the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one of the things, um, you know, I've been watching this through, through the DVD, and one of the things that I've kind of picked up is when I watch, there's a bit of a, a, a behind-the-scenes part at the end of this, which I've been watching, and one of the things that I picked up from that that they said is that these two main characters, they care about each other first and and foremost, and that's quite interesting. You know, like, you think for, for Christian that that's natural, you know, like because he doesn't have a wife or kids or anything like that, that Sean is kind of his go-to for everything in his life. But it was really interesting when you think about that from Sean's perspective, that he cares about Christian before he cares about anything else. And he's got a wife and kids and it sounds really harsh, but when you kind of view it through that prism, it, it kind of makes the show 
really simple to understand that these guys care about each other they put they put each other's needs first um and you know, to, to me that was quite an, a, a, a bit of a light bulb moment for me about the way the show is portrayed yeah yeah for sure and it definitely does make a lot of sense with that and kind of going over those plot lines that i was talking about and sort of going with your character driven uh you know thought there as well it's kind of i guess a lot of what works this season as well is the fact that we get a lot of this background from you know why these characters are the way they are you know through sort of sean and julia's relationship and you know things like that with their kids and just you know julia's obviously you know wanting to go to school and everything along those lines with how sean's reacted to that over the years you know through to christian's kind of reliance as you were saying sort of on sean and you know the whole family ideal that he doesn't have a family but you know he's sort of part of their family and you know even just kind of things when it comes to sort of christian's character about you know his upbringing and you know obviously you know the tragic stuff that happened to him as a child sort of being abused sexually and everything along those lines too so it's kind of it's a very important season with these character plot lines to really you know get a feel of what who these characters are individually and of course ultimately as as a couple yeah absolutely and you know everything kind of goes through them and we we do have offshoots and obviously the the relationships between a lot of the other characters are are critically important and the show wouldn't work if it was just about sean and christian but that is the central one and you never really lose that and i think that's really really important that these you know regardless of all the the plots and some some of them we'll like and some of them we won't like one thing that we're always going to see is that these two guys relate to each other and you know they're they're two sides of a of a coin they're different from each other but they're really complementary to each other and you know that just that relationship works really well the characters are really well written and they're really well acted and they got two actors that work really well with each other and you know it's it's just everything about it just works so well and and of course they ultimately have these moments where we've talked about too where they they kind of become each other in many ways don't they you know sean has elements of becoming christian and christian has elements of becoming sean and that's something that is very much recurring over these six seasons yeah and i mean obviously these guys are not going to be um you know best buds the whole time there is going to be moments where they have very very serious conflict and to me it, it, it is even better because of how close they are and how much they care for each other that when they do come into conflict it feels all the more important and so i think that they just one thing that this this first season is really foundational is just absolutely setting up that these two guys are all about each other and they in terms of nailing that you give you got to give everybody involved an a plus because it totally works on that level now i guess kind of we'll go over some of the other characters here and we'll you know move into sort of things that worked and didn't work but kind of you know on the main cast side of things we've obviously talked about christian and sean dylan walsh julian mcmac mcnamara uh julian mcmahon is his name mcnamara is sean's last name ben good work there uh but the only other this is kind of an interesting one for season one sort of when you talk about the the main build cast so you know we've got we've got sean we've got christian matt's up there of course john hensley we've got jolly richardson julian mcnamara now again if you if you're new to nip tuck you'd probably assume that you know liz is maybe also billed as a main character or anything along those lines no we're stuck with Grace Santiago, uh, played by Valerie Cruz. Shall we just get the elephant out of the room already? We've we've talked her up and down and everywhere else in between this season. We've come to the conclusion that she sucks. Um, but again, I'm putting it out there. The most wasted, pointless character in the history of Nip Tuck. Um, I mean, really, what can we say having watched this and analysing it to defend her at all? Well, I think probably what I also got from this little documentary that I was watching is that um, the character who played her, and sorry, I don't have that name um, on the tip of my tongue. I apologize Valerie for that. Valerie Cruz. But, uh, 
Bella Cruz, thanks. Um, she actually auditioned to play the, the Julia character, and I think we might have talked about that before. But I think what I got out of that is that the producers really, really liked her, not for the Julia character, but they really, really wanted to use her. And it feels like they manufactured a character in order to have this actress in the show. And I think what that shows is that they've, they've um, added something in that ultimately just doesn't feel like it works. Like she's shoehorned in in places where she shouldn't be. Um, and in scenes where you think it would be critical to have a psychiatrist opinion, she seems to be um, missing an action, which seems to be really, really weird. So I think she's not utilised particularly well. Um, I, I, you know, I, I really want to be um, clear that I think that the actress herself does a really good job of what she's given. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's anything to do with her. I just think that they probably just didn't nail exactly what they were going to do with her. And it would be really, really interesting. I don't know, ultimately, um, as to why we don't get more of her. Maybe she felt like the character wasn't going where she wanted it to. And so, you know, therefore she didn't um, come back or whether she wasn't offered a part because they also felt that this character was just not really all that important. Um you know, like I think a lot of what she delivers is that kind of she's supposed to be a little bit of a moral compass to these guys at times, and um, quite frankly, Liz does that better. So you don't you don't need her. She's kind of like a double up on what we already have. So I think from that perspective, she's just she's surplus to requirements really, and you get that in a lot of scenes. So you know, I I kind of like what they were going with. I think they had a good actress to play the part, but ultimately it just doesn't work out. And I think, you know, ultimately we've got to give them a, a round of applause for, for making that call that this is just not a character we need going forwards. And I think I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah, exactly as you said, Valerie Cruz, nothing against the actress. She handles it well from what we get. It's just as much as we talk up Nip Tuck for doing so well with their, you know, tying things up here and there with their plots and all that. It's just, it's just such a waste to kind of go back and realise that this is all we get from her. And I think you summed it up perfectly there where sort of Liz becomes the moral compass. And, you know, we're never going to take Liz away from this because Liz, you know, she becomes a star of the show in her own right. But it's kind of, it's just, it's interesting what they did. And it's, it's interesting in these shows, isn't it, where like an actress will, or an actor will try out for a role. They don't ultimately get the main part, but they're liked so well that they get sort of a character written into it. I mean, I know sort of in talking through our third watch episodes, that was very much Eddie Cibrian and, you know, his role of Jimmy Doherty sort of in the firefighter angle of that show. But it's kind of, you know, comparing Nip Tuck to Third Watch, Jimmy ultimately works as a main character across five and a bit seasons, whereas Grace is kind of... And it's just interesting how, like, we went over in the 13th episode, how basically we get a loose little mention of her. There's never any ultimate ending to her character. And again, like, there might have been a deleted scene thrown in there that we just... We don't get, but it's, it's never like we get a ultimate episode one, season two. Oh, what happened to Grace? Oh, she left to go here or whatever, you know, like, sometimes they do. It's just... It's like, let's just completely forget about her. And, and I can see kind of the role of what a psychologist would have in a plastic surgery, you know, business. But it's just, yeah, it's just such a disappointing element. And again, it's just, I think we've we talked about this kind of, if you look at the, um, you know, the history of the main characters of Nip Tuck, you know, the main build cast on each season, you're always going to look at season one, you see Grace Santiago, Valerie Cruz, and you're always like, Huh? Who? And I guess also at the end of it, too, as we kind of established, out of all the main cast members in Nip Tuck over the years, you would probably argue Valerie Cruz might have got on to the most things after Nip Tuck is finished. Maybe her and Bruno Campos, which we'll get to him in season three. But oh, I guess Jessalyn Gilsig, you know, Gina went on to a bit as well. But yeah, I'd probably argue Valerie Cruz, the most successful post-Nip Tuck career out of the main actors. 
And that kind of says a lot, considering that she's the most forgettable out of all of them across six seasons. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, that that is quite funny, isn't it? Because we we have kind of talked about why none of these amazing actors have kind of gone on to, to any huge success afterwards. And it's interesting that the one that we kind of lose first is the one that actually does have, a, a, you know, some success. So... That's quite an interesting observation. I'm not sure what it means, but um, she obviously just got out of before the nip tuck curse really hit. Yeah, just outside of the main cast. I mean, I don't know if you wanted to really talk anything on on Matt or Julia this season that we haven't touched on before. I mean, I guess we should really touch well, on think, them a little bit. I mean, they are the main characters of this season. So, what, what have you got to add on Matt and Julia? Well, I think let's not forget Liz as well. And I mean, I know she's not a main build as a main character, but I think we we do her a disservice if we don't include her here. Um, you know, these three characters are all really, really important, and obviously two of them are family members that you, you know stuff happens to them this season. And to be honest, I think most of their stuff here is kind of set up for what's going to happen to them later. So I think that they kind of they sit in the background a little bit because what they do here is ultimately not important until next season, and that's cool. You know, like you get these guys set up um you know like uh, of the three of them um i'm probably if i was going to rank them i'd say i probably like what we get from matt the most then liz and and then julia and i just i just struggle with the julia character a little bit um there are moments i think she's awesome and, and really works in this role and there are other times where i just i find it really hard to engage with the character so um it's just a bit too hit and miss for me and i'm looking forward to watching what we get from her going forwards because you know, her character takes some pretty wild turns as we go ahead. So that's going to be fun to watch and, and kind of evaluate what I think of her. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I, I like what we get from Matt. Um, you know, we've done the whole kind of hashtag poor Matt thing. And, you know, I, I he's, a, he's a character you can't help but sympathise with. And um, from that perspective, I do enjoy watching him. And, you know, I think Liz, like we've said, kind of keeps these two, these two main boys in check. And, you know, that's only going to become more so. And I think you've got to give a lot of care a lot of um, credit to uh, Roma Mafia, I think her name is, who yeah. plays that character. You know, I think she does a really good job at, um, at at bringing something that maybe the producers didn't expect, and I think she's justified the reason for her to be there and, and to start to become a more central character as we go forwards. Yeah, I feel that, like, you kind of you see that they didn't really use it a lot early on and then she kind of becomes main sort of towards the end. And, yeah, from season two onwards, she's billed as a main main cast member. So, And it's interesting, actually, they changed her last name. She's Liz Winters in the first season, apparently. Then she becomes Liz Cruz from uh, season two onwards. I don't know what happened there. No, I wasn't aware of that. But, um, yeah, uh, look, I agree with sort of everything you said there. And it's kind of, yeah, Liz... You know, as I said, she becomes a star in her own right in this show, and it's she's great. She's so good. And Roma Mafia, kind of one of these ones that has been in a few things here and there, but again, sadly underutilized. I don't know why she's not in more things. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I agree with everything you said about Julia as well. I mean, there's just there's just stuff there that I feel is wasted, and I think she becomes more her own in season two for sure. I mean, there's one episode really built around her, which is such a strong episode for Jolly Richardson. But um, yeah, Matt. Hashtag poor Matt. Um, you know, I mean, in all grand scheme of things, too, he kind of got a couple of threesomes this season, got to hook up with a porn star. Um, you know, I mean, not all poor Matt, but I guess kind of things that happened alongside that. He did kind of chop his own dick off and run over a poor girl. But, um, you know, there's more to come from Matt. Like, just, it's kind of just a slowly setting up him along the way, kind of for just worse stuff to happen for the guy. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's just a bit of a train wreck for Matt from start to finish, and, and you know, things haven't gone crazily off the rails yet. Um, you know, so he, he's still a pretty relatable character. I think that probably the issue with Matt is that I think it becomes harder and harder to relate to this guy because he just goes down pathways that I think most people who, have watch, who are watching this show haven't gone down. But at the moment, he is probably doing things that a lot of us, apart from running people over and, and being involved in a hit and run, um, you know, and I chopping think his dick off, I hope, Nick. I hope that's not something that just occurs in New Zealand all the time. <laughs> No, definitely not uh, not a fad that's caught on across the ditch here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think generally speaking, you know, like having issues with the girlfriend. And, but I guess the thing, everything with Matt is it feels heightened, you know, like mm. not only have an issue with the girlfriend, but, you know, she's uh, she decides she's a lesbian and he's having threesomes. And, you know, so everything with Matt gets taken to the next level. And, you know, I think that that makes him a character that's a little bit hard to relate to. Mm. Three ways, Nick, not threesomes. Come on now, we're in America awesome. here. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but uh, outside of obviously the main ones, I mean, God, how is Annie not a main cast? I mean, come on. We just look, we just take a moment to realize how underutilized Annie is in this fucking first season. Like, fuck you, Ryan Murphy. I love you, but not for underusing Annie. Annie's a star of this show, Nick. Yep, and if they'd uh, showed her a little bit more, she might be um, doing a bit more than catching the old catfish every now and then. <laughs> she still hasn't accepted my request to follow her on Instagram. I'm very sad oh. about that. Come on, Kelsey. We're besties. <laughs> Hashtag exactly. Uh, outside of that, obviously, main ones this season, of course, we had Megan O'Hara, played by Julie Warner, Sophia Lopez, Jonathan Del Arco was in there for a little bit. Uh, obviously, Escobar Galato, Robert Lasada, we talked about him. Gina, how can we forget dear old Gina and Kimber as well along the way? Uh, it's interesting here, the other ones they're putting as recurring cast members. Uh, Kate Mara's Vanessa, I mean, she was only really in it for what, two and a bit episodes, but I mean, look, she's a hot cheerleader, why not? Um, we had Ridley in there, Sophia Bush, your bestie Jude. Philip Reese playing Jude. Uh, Henry, our favourite Jewish character in this season, Andrew Leeds. Uh, Meryl, of course, our bestie on the Oz Network, Joey Slotnick. Uh, we had Ms. Grubman a little bit in there as well. And for some reason, Cara Fitzgerald gets listed in here, even though she was what in it for one episode as one actress and the other episode yeah, for yeah. another one. I mean, out of kind of our recurring ones there, I mean, I guess from here, who are, who are your standouts? Who are your, who are your forgettable ones? I mean, I think we can understand who you're going to put in your forgettable basket there. Yeah, well, I mean, I've uh, been pretty vocal that I'm not a Jude fan. I, I don't really enjoy that character. Um, I think it's interesting that um, that Kate Mara's character gets listed as a, as a recurring one. I guess technically that is correct. Um, the problem is none of these characters are really all that interesting. That you know they serve the you know the the bigger needs of the main characters, which is I guess the whole point of having them there. But I don't feel I need to see anything more from any of them. So not even you, Gina and make- Kimber. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I've missed a couple there. Um, <laughs> I was like, me, wow, you're really mean on Kimber and Gina. Where'd this hate come from? Yeah, no, no, definitely those two. I mean, and I mean, they, they would be the two standouts, I guess. And I guess the reason I didn't even think about them um, was that they don't feel like kind of background characters. They almost feel like main characters yeah. to me. And I guess yeah. they're not really. But um, I guess because anyway. you and I, you and I are watching this, knowing where the where the sixth season goes, you know, and we know that these two are, are going to be, you know, quite important characters in the next couple of seasons. So um, if you were just watching this this one season, um, perhaps you wouldn't see those two as being critically important. Um, but to me, I see them as more than than supporting characters. They feel like they're in that kind of main group, really. Mm. Um, and the other one, I think, if we're looking for one, like I think. Um, 
if we're, if we're excluding those two, I think probably the other one that I think had a real impact on me watching this was um, Sophia. I think I really enjoyed that character. And, you know, I think both of us were disappointed with what we got in that last episode. And to me, the reason I was disappointed was because what we got from the first couple of episodes with her was so powerful that it seemed a shame that that was kind of how we ended it with her. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And kind of the thing I mentioned, she was kind of written into it more because purely of the popularity of the character. And, yeah, I just think if they could have ended that a lot differently with her and um, it's sort of it's sad that they didn't really do a lot more with that. Um, I mean, I'm going to obviously put out Escobar just as a side one just because clearly Escobar's awesome and we've talked him up a lot. You know, I'm Gina and Kimber all the way. It's actually interesting going back over this season to kind of... You almost feel Kimber was a lot... She wasn't in it as much as I remembered in the first season, at least. Um, you know, she had a couple of main plots here and there, but it's kind of, I feel Gina was more of a standout over Kimber this season, um, I guess, kind of with just how it how it sort of ended. Um, you know, Miss Grubman, always, she's great, but again, sort of, you know, hit and miss with what we got with her. Meryl, we love Meryl, we love Joey Slotnick, and kind of this is the season we get him the most compared to what we get in the future. Um, Jude, yeah, I think I'm with you with that. Um, and, you know, Megan was good. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, it was that storyline, I guess, with Sean that was there, but it's kind of just that tragic character along the way, isn't it, about how she was. And, um, you know, it's something that ultimately, you know, you're not really going to get too attached to because of how it all turns out. But you would also then probably argue that she's probably involved in the most emotional scene of the entire season. So I guess you kind of got to give bits in there to, to Megan as well. But yeah, probably it's kind of if you were to compare all the seasons and look at sort of the, the one-time characters per season, not necessarily, as you said, kind of your Genas and your Kimbers who are recurring. Um, one of maybe the weaker seasons as as a whole in terms of your, you know, your main characters. Like, if at the end of six seasons, if we were to sit here and list all our one-off characters who are our favourites per season, you know, you may be not going to remember a Megan because, you know, she's she's emotional, but she's not exactly your one that you're always going to want to come back to. And really outside of that, yeah, Sophia, but a lot of these other sort of ones that you've got kind of are recurring over other seasons. I mean, Henry, we get a little bit in season two, but he's not that important. Jude kind of is here and there for a random one, but obviously... You know, Vanessa and Ridley, sadly, we don't get any future lesbian cheerleader scenes. And Miss Grubman comes back as well. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's not the standouts for the one-timers on this recurring cast, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think so. But I think um, also to kind of defend those characters a little bit, what I'd also say is one thing I think we can say almost across the board is that all these supporting characters, even if it's for one or two episodes, um are really good actors you know they got yeah. people that could come in and, and do an awesome job and and that's really cool and i think what what we're going to see one of the things i'm really looking forward to going forward is, is seeing these one-off episodes with with people that are now really big actors and we're going to see that quite a bit when they're in the show maybe not quite so much but and kate mara was a classic for me here but you know i think we're going to see lots more of that and i'm really looking forward to to kind of seeing that i, I think the the producers of the show have an eye for you know the, those one-off talents that are, that are really good for one episode or two episode arcs and and that's really cool and i'm not sure i can say that for a lot of other shows when i think of ones that that kind of have characters that come and go in one episode i'm not sure that i can say that as as consistently as i could for nip 
Now, before we kind of get into the main things this season that we felt worked and didn't work, I guess kind of on the note, while we're talking about characters, kind of a bit of a left-of-field question, one that we didn't prepare for, but hey, this is what I do on these shows. Uh, out of all kind of our one-off sort of surgery-based characters, you know, maybe the ones who the episodes were named after, and I guess maybe we'll take Sophia Lopez out of this because, you know, we got two of her essentially and kind of we, she was billed as sort of a recurring cast member, but who were kind of your standout ones out of our one-time surgery character slash actors and maybe you know our, our least memorable along the way i guess i could say oh yeah no i mean that's a that's a big call I, you know we probably have to take a few others out as well because you know megan would probably be an obvious answer for that as well so if i'm thinking of ones that were probably there for one episode or you know possibly stretched into a second episode um probably one of the ones i actually really liked was um the uh, montana S- sassy justice i really liked that i thought that was that was um quite complex and you know some really interesting things that kind of came out of that episode so i thought i thought she was really interesting um i was also quite a big fan of uh i'm trying to remember his name i've already forgotten it kurt dempsey which Mm -hmm. was the guy who who got his eyes changed to look more asian i thought that was quite an interesting story as well so you know i think there's a couple along the way i think nanette bag Babcock's really interesting too um although we actually kind of don't really get the surgery there so i guess that that's you know that's not one that we can add to that um so those would probably be my two standouts if i was going to pick a couple yeah because it's kind of i mean just looking through all the ones here is kind of outside of you know you, you take escobar out of it you know you take uh sophia out of it, you take cara fitzgerald you take megan out of it you kind of stuck with only a couple there but um yeah, I, I, I mean, look, Mandy and Randy, hello, how can we forget them? But um, I think on the grand scheme of things, I'd say Annette Babcock, because it's interesting kind of how you were saying about how we don't get the surgery with her. I mean, that might be one of our only few here that we've got a sort of an act, a character, you know, name for the surgery, but we don't actually get the surgery. But it was that sort of complex storyline, wasn't it, outside of the fact that she ultimately didn't get the surgery. And let's be honest, Grace's probably standout episode um, from, you know, her character's perspective. But... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those memorable ones, you know, the sort of the tragic circumstances around these characters that we get. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm tempted to put Nanette up there. I agree with you with the whole um, Montana Sassy Justice one. That was good uh, as well. I mean, the actress there, Cheryl White, played that off very, very well. Um, maybe most forgettable, was it, was it the Cliff Mantegna episode when, you know, he's kind of there to get his man boobs taken out and kind of really nothing more about the fact that he ends up with hepatitis C. Um, you know, feel for the guy, but I mean, there really wasn't much there to him. And I guess technically, you know, Adele Coffin, I mean, the episode was amazing, but, you know, it's just really a talking head, isn't it? So um, that's kind of all it came about there, but uh, that's kind of from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it is quite interesting because you do have these characters and when you start to look at it, they actually utilise the, the the characters who it's named after. They they actually become quite big, big characters going forwards. And I think that's something we're going to see um, more and more, I think, as, as you, you know, if you look at next season, I think there's a couple of really big names who, who you know, the, the show's named after for that episode. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that um, that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Now, in the grand scheme of things, he will talk about obviously what worked, didn't work, and we can kind of tie this into sort of best and worst episodes, I guess. So, I mean, from your perspective, Nick, season one, what were the things that really worked, what didn't work, and then kind of if you want to throw up a few, you know, best and worst episodes along the way here too. Um, well, I think I probably talked a little bit already about I think what really works is the 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 
relationship between these two main guys, and I think actually the relationship between most of the main characters, I think, works really, really well. Um, I think that the the writing's for the most part pretty tight, and you know, obviously we can come up with a couple of exceptions for that. Um, but I think the writing's pretty tight. They do a good job of, of keeping on top of everything. I think that yeah, just the acting in general is phenomenal. It's what takes the show from being. Um, you know, like a, pr- a pretty standard show that could be quite cheesy into something that's incredible, really. And so I think the acting is definitely something that I'm really looking at as being you know, a, a big player here going forward. It's, it's something that's really, really important. Um, things that kind of that kind of don't work for me, I, it's a little bit hard because almost everything works for me, which is which is cool to say. Um, I, I do feel that the show does have a tendency to get a little bit cheesy at times um, and get into kind of almost a soap opera feel at times, and that's a bit of a shame. Um, but it's pretty rare, to be fair. Um, I think I'm looking for more from that Julia character going forwards. Um, I, I just don't always buy that character, so I'm hoping that that's going to change going forwards. Um, and uh, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm looking for a little bit more long, you know, season long storylines. Like this is that's not something that the show has done in this first season. Really, is that you know, apart from the Escobar stuff, which is first episode and then the last two episodes, there's not really kind of overarching themes for the season. So it's going to be interesting to see if that changes going forward. So that's probably about it. Look, if I'm going to pick um, my favorite episodes, um, I you know, I think. The, the one that I that I go back to, with the, you know, there's a couple, but, you know, the one with the priest and then the one with Megan um, committing suicide, I think, you know, those are the two real standouts for me um, as being, you know, really big episodes. And there's probably others that I've bought. I think the pilot's fantastic as well, of course. Um, but, you know, those are probably the, the big three I would go to. And would you have maybe kind of a, a worst, least, I wouldn't say worst, least favourite episode maybe of the season? Oh, if I'm going to pick my least favourite episode... Um, that's that's tough. Um, there's a couple that I, I I wasn't a huge fan of the second to last episode. Um, it just felt a bit choppy and felt like they were kind of shoving things in there to kind of make it make it work. Um, things that they needed to almost check off the list before they could they could carry on. Um, yeah, I I mean it's funny because there's episodes that I, I'm not particularly huge on. I don't think they do a whole lot. Um, but then they have really fun scenes like, you know, Sophia Lopez too, you know, there's not a lot there to really, you know, I don't think that's a huge episode, but you know, the whole thing with the, you know, swapping Kimber for the Lamborghini is fun. So there's lots of fun stuff in that episode as well. Um, so if you're really going to push me on episodes that I don't like, it's probably going to be that second to last one. And, um, you know, I, I talked at length when we, we recapped that one about things I didn't like there. One thing I'll sort of add on kind of, I pretty much agree with everything you really said in terms of what worked, what didn't work. Uh, I just want to put a, a special shout out to the music. I mean, it's, it's something yeah, that I don't think yep. ever fades off in Nip Tuck. Uh, I don't think it's ever yep. something that gets bad, but just really want to point that. I mean, Ryan Murphy, just, I think in all his shows, just, he knows what works with scenes. Um, you know, it's just, it's a recurring thing. I mean, yes, he ultimately will go on to do a show based around singing and music. Um, but I don't know. He just, he's on the ball when it comes to working with the right people to get the right music into it. And it just, it just sets it up so, so beautifully. Um, I just want to put a special note out again, cause I'm an asshole. What doesn't work, Grace, piss off. Um, and what works, Annie, cause she's awesome. Um, but it's just, it's just, I think overall just setting this up and it's, it's interesting for a show to be so 
the way that they tagline themselves, a disturbingly perfect drama. Now, let's let's just analyse that for a second. That's that's a very cocky statement to come out of the ballpark, saying this is our brand new show and this is how good it is. It's disturbingly perfect, you know, but it's it's kind of, it works. Like, you, I don't think there's anybody, been anybody ever who's read the tagline for Nip Tuck and go, oh, wow, they're up themselves. It's really not that good. You know, it's not like you're, you're attaching this to, I don't know, CSI Miami or something like that. <laughs> like, it's the only show that apparently I could think of just then. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's very cocky the way they do that, but it works. And, um, it really just does set this show up for, for what we're going to cover. But, um, yeah, I, I think in terms of episodes, uh, yeah, my, by far the standout episode for me this season is Adele Coffin. Um, you know, I think I said in that recap that it's arguably top three, top five of the entire series. Um, so yeah. I, I can't go past that one at all. I agree with you in terms of the um, the episode with the the church sequence as well. Um, that is obviously very much, very much, and we'll get to that when it comes to sort of going over scenes. And yeah, least favorite episode. Um, I kind of probably might agree with you there. Although yeah, Sophia Lopez two was again something that really didn't exactly you know besides the fun stuff involved around obviously as you said the the whole swapping the Lamborghini and everything as well. But again, that, that's kind of not to diminish it. We're not saying it's a terrible episode. I mean, you and I throughout this entire season didn't bin any episode, did we? We either rented it or bought it. So you know, by all means, are we not saying that there's a terrible episode in this season? But um, you know, if we're going to have to put it that debate, which I'm kind of, I'm the one who opened it up there, Ben. But, um, yeah, that's kind of with that. I guess kind of what we're also wanting to do in these recaps here is kind of coming up with top five moments for each of the season. So we're going to close each sort of recap out with, we'll come up with five moments from the season that were kind of our Hall of Fame scene, something we've similarly done in some of our other shows. And we're also we're going to rank the season overall. So I guess we'll quickly get into our ranking of the seasons here, Nick. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to rate this after having only seen one season? Uh, I'm just going to spoil it. I'm going to put this as number one just right now because we've got nothing else to rate it again yeah yeah i think um it's a hard decision but i think i'll I'll have to agree with you on that one (laughs) so essentially how that will work so come season two obviously we will then decide whether season two is rated above season one and by the end of six seasons we will have a a specific ranking of uh, nick and myself our opinions on all six seasons of nip tuck but our top five moments now uh, I guess we need to come up with these and maybe loosely put them in an order, or maybe not necessarily put them in an order. I guess it's really, what are our top five scenes from this entire season? So it's not plot line, it's not kind of episodes, this is specific scenes. And what we're planning on doing is at the end of each of these, we'll, we'll put together a little montage video of these five scenes, put them up on YouTube, and until they get taken down, we'll see how we go. But, uh, look, I'm going to start here. I think there's two definitely that you and I, for sure, are going to have standing out by far. And I, I'm definitely putting the uh, Megan suicide scene uh, up there as a, as a top five moment for this entire season. And I, I think that's definitely one that you're probably going to agree with, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll let you talk that one through because um, I'm definitely co-signing on to that as being definitely in our top five. But I'll, I'll let you talk that one through. Yeah, I just I just feel that, like, kind of, as I said, kind of when we, we did the episode, I mean, it's just it's so emotional, it's heavy, it's just the way it's handled. I mean, you know, I, I cry every time I watch it. It's just It's just such an emotional scene and it's... It's it's weird to say this, but it's beautifully done. And again, it's kind of, as we discussed in that episode, it's not something that happens a lot on TV when it comes to characters committing suicide or anything along these lines and how emotionally driven it is. And it's kind of, there's no way you're watching this scene 
almost disagreeing with it in some weird way because it's obviously such a heavy topic, suicide, and it's just the way it's handled and it's graphic. It is very graphic, and but there's just you just can't take yourself out of how this scene is done. Everything down to just the way it's shot to the music, you know, obviously with uh, Rocket Man by Elton John, a song that's forever tainted for me now through this scene. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, I think on the grand scheme of things, when we get to the end of season six and we talk up, you know, top five scenes from the history of the show, you know, this might be in that top five still at the end of six seasons. I just think it's that much of a powerful scene. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with everything you're saying there. I think the music really ties it together really, really well. Um, just there, like I think all the dialogue is really amazing as well. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, um, Dylan Walsh, sorry, almost forgot his name there for a moment, um, his his ability to react without actually saying anything. His acting that just through his expressions is incredible. And, um, you know, you totally get it here. Um, so, yeah, I think everything about it just works perfectly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on this one. It's, it's, you know, lock it into our top five and there's not even, not even going to be a, a discussion or a debate about it. Now, I'm feeling number two again, just steal your thunder. You can maybe talk about this one a little bit more because I think these are the only two we sort of talked about off air about. Uh, the, the church sequence, um, in terms of Christian and, and the priest. Now, I'd be interested to see at what point are we starting this from? Is this from the confessional right through to him getting arrested or is it just the end bit with Christian and Sean on the bench? I mean, kind of where are we taking this sequence from in terms of what you feel ultimately stands out as a top five moment of the season? Um, well, I think for me, I think, again, we're going back to the acting. I think it's it's really well done. Um, everything leading up to it is incredible in terms of, you know, Christian's backstory is we've kind of had little snippets of it leading up to this and then you get the full on that, you know why this is so important to Christian because it relates to his own past and and his own demons and you know that's a really important part of why this is such a big scene but it's also just done so well you know again there isn't really music to this but the kind of you know the the, the church type music and sounds I think are really important in making this a, a really am, amazing scene um, you know I think they just use the imagery of the church particularly well um, and. Again, it's just the the acting that kind of goes along with it too. You know, the, the fear in the eyes of the priest is, is really incredible. And Christian kind of completely controlled until the moment that he tells Sean. And and again, it's that that moment at the end where where Christian and Sean, you know, connect and you see you see Christian break down. And I think that's that's pretty incredible as well. So for me, everything about the scene is is just beautifully done. And it, it, to me, I think. We, I think I've said it before that Christian's got all these great lines, you know, these incredible funny one-liners and, you know, all these sex scenes and all that kind of stuff. But where he is incredible and Julie McMahon is really good is in these these really emotional scenes. And this is the, the cream of the crop when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. There's no arguments there with that one. Uh, now, this is kind of, we've got three more here. We haven't really discussed this from this point. I guess this is where we kind of talk up our ones. One that I, I think I might put up here, uh, just for discussion, uh, final episode, kind of really almost everything from the wild world section, but specifically the birth of, of Gina's baby, uh, Christian and Gina's baby in the discovery that it's a black baby. So it's clearly not Christian's son. I mean, that's kind of would be 
mainly that scene, but I, I could almost just really everything from the wild world, you know, we can get the Sean and Julia reconnection there, but mainly the baby birth scene. Well, I guess what we're going to do here is that we're going to put things up and, and we'll yeah. either say, we'll either say maybe or no. And then at the end, we'll decide whether, you know, which one's sure. going to make our top. So I'll definitely put that on the maybe poll. It's a, it's a good scene and it kind of starts to tie the whole, the whole season together. So I think they do a pretty good job of that. So we can definitely put that into the maybe poll. No doubt about that. What, well, have you, have you got one for the maybe poll here or do you want me to keep throwing some out there or well no I, well i actually had one but i um it's interesting that um we took because when you started talking i thought you were going somewhere completely different so i'm going to steal your thunder maybe and grab a, a scene that happens in that in that final episode as well and it's that confrontation between sean and escobar that um, was my next choice <laughs> yeah and i think i think just the, just the music alone i think that yeah. you know that's definitely one you know we've, we've obviously talked through the music choices on this a whole lot but it's just that moment where where sean kind of realizes that he's not able to do this and you know just this, this real moment of desperation from him it's well acted um, and then again, you know, you get that moment where Sean reacts to to Escobar going on about he want you know the, sh- the snake wants to shed his skin, and you yeah. see that realization that maybe he might be able to turn this around. So yeah, we're definitely going to include that one as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think that was my next one, so I think that kind of can be number three for certain. Uh, the other one actually that I just kind of thought of uh, again, we're kind of getting a lot of these from the similar episodes. Um, the the closing of Adele Coffin when we get sort of the Sean Julia confrontation about you know admitting he has the affair and he kind of breaks down on the floor and they just have that emotional scene of them sort of talking, you know, it's completely silent. There's no music and just how that all, you know, just the revelation really that he's had this affair and kind of, they've got really deep problems in their marriage. I I think that kind of just the acting alone really makes that scene stand out. Well, I think what I really like about that one is, um, you know, we talked a couple ago about the the church scene and that Sean doesn't, sorry, Christian doesn't break down until right at the end. And I think you have a similar thing here where, you know, Sean's he's holding it together, holding it together um, until that very last moment when, you know, he breaks down. And I think if we can actually just extend that scene out a little bit, I think the funeral scene mm. and especially those slow moment shots, the slow motion shots where, you know, the ashes have been scattered into the, um, into the water and you see the realization on Julia's face of what this is all actually about. I think um, if you, if you add all that into one scene, I think that that's, that's another really crucial one for me. Okay. Well, we'll extend that. That's four then basically we're agreeing on all of these. I think actually what we will do is once we've come up with this, but we, we should rank them. I think that that kind of adds a bit of fun to it. Um, so just, I mean, obviously when we're going to come up with a fifth, I'm just going to put this out there for shits and giggles. Uh, Matt walking in on the lesbian cheerleaders. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> How did I know you were going to try and get this one fast? Yeah, anything with Annie in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, kind of just, I guess we kind of got to think, I mean, yeah, it kind of depends on how we rate these, but um, I don't know, it's kind of tough, isn't it? I mean, so we've only really got the baby birth one, but I guess kind of, what are some other ones we're thinking of here, really, on the grand scheme of it all? Um, I mean, is there anything with Christian and Kimber or Christian and Gina that is, you know, grand scheme of things here? Liz, I don't know. What, what else are we thinking? Well, I think there's another one which I, I really like, and it's um, the kind of, it's a cut between two scenes, and it's, the you know, the bit where... Um, it's in the same that we've already put one up from this episode, but it's where Christian and Sean have discovered that, you know, they've got this priest who's gotten away with, you know, getting surgery that they've done and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. But it's also intercut with Matt and Henry kind of realizing that they've, you know, this hit and run and, and what's going to happen to them. And it's both of them going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, so I think that's quite a, quite a cool scene as well. It's, it's up there. Uh, another one is sort of um, Julia Christian, their kiss. 
and the heated moment we get at the end when she's like, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Jude. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite a good one because that, that kind of, um, that puts us, is that the same, the same scene where she steals the hairbrush or is that a different scene? No, no, it's different, different. That's a lot earlier in the season, that one, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's hard when so, so we've kind of got three there to kind of toss up between us. We've got any more that we want to put in the basket there? Um, I'm just trying to think of, of any others that we might have missed somewhere along the line. I mean, and just to be honest, listeners, too, you might come up with one. You might think you completely missed this. And, you know, these might be altered in future recaps because, yeah, we might be just completely not thinking of one. So I guess kind of in our season two recap, what we might do is we might revisit season one just in case we get any suggestions or, you know, there's an argument that somebody out there is listening or just something along those lines. So I think we've, we've, we've locked on four here. It's just coming up with this fifth one. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple that I could potentially put up, and um, I'm not sure what you're going to think of either of them, but um, one might be um, everything that happens when um, Julia gets pregnant and realises what that's going to mean for her in terms of she's going to be bedridden, and, um, you know, so so that's not going to happen, and then she loses the baby, and, you know, Sean's reaction to that is pretty powerful, so I think that's potentially one there. The other one, I think, is another Sean one, which I think is really good, um, and that is... um, when he confronts the the doctor who's doing the um, trans mm. you know, trans operations, I think that's quite a good one. And then potentially a third one, and this might actually be the one that that wins you over. Ben, I think is actually the scene in the in the in the pilot where Christian and Kimber, uh, you know, the night the morning after, and he gets out the lipstick yeah. and then starts. And you know, and I think that's quite a, a crucial one for kind of building what the show's actually about. I definitely, that, you know, yeah. I think that yeah. that could win it too because I mean that that definitely I agree with you. It's very much setting up what the show's about, and um, I mean yeah. Look, actually thinking on the pilot, I mean maybe we were underselling the pilot. I mean for sure that one, or even even the the Kimber Sean uh, the Kimber Christian the opening scene in the bar. Like I mean that as well sells a whole bunch about Christian's character um, about yeah. how yeah. he works it. But I mean I yeah I think. I think you might have picked a winner there with the Christian Kimber, the lipstick scene, because it's brutal. It's sort of very much there, but it really does sell, I think, kind of Christian's character and what this show is about. So I think so, maybe so, out of all the ones we've just come up with there, I think I would be happy to put that at number five. Yep, yep. So, no, I'm definitely happy with that. I'll just chuck one more out there because it's in the same vein, which is when um, Kimber ties ties Christian mm, to the bed. I was thinking of that. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, if I was going to try and pick between the two, I'd probably go with the one on the pilot. But um, I'm I'm happy to be um, talked around either way. No, look, I, I I'm happy with that. So I guess kind of so our five there just to come up with. So we've got obviously Megan's suicide scene, the church scene involving Christian, Sean, and the priest. Uh, Sean confronts Escobar in the final episode. Sean and Julia kind of the revelation of the affair and the whole funeral involved in that, and then Christian and Kimber in the very first episode uh, with the lipstick. So I guess kind of in ranking these in order. I would probably say easily number five would be Christian Kimber with the lipstick, I guess. Would that be our fifth out of all of those? Because I guess it was yeah, kind of yeah, the one no, we I'd... kind of had to... That was our least one that we came at the longest bow. So I guess that would be number five. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at, um, at the other end of the um, equation, I think probably the Megan scene is going to be number one and the church scene is going to be number two, I think, uh, unless you've got... No, I different... agree with that. I would agree with that. So... so... I'm seriously writing these down as we make sure we get these in order. So I guess we've just got to work out number four, what goes number four, what goes number three. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of iconic, when I think about, you know, if I've got images in my mind of what season one of the show is really about, um, I think that that Sean Escobar one is probably there. It kind of captures what I think. Um, And, you know, I think the other scene's really good as well. 
Um, but I think we're going to get lots more scenes that are like that, you know, with yeah. between Shorten and Julia. So I think in terms of capturing what this first season's about, I'd say the Escobar one would probably win out to me, but uh, happy to be to no, be talked around. I agree. I don't think I disagree with that. So um, that's a good order, I feel. So what, what, we'll just go over those quickly. So our top five fo- moments from fifth to first, we have uh, Kimber and Christian in the very first episode, uh, sort of their, their morning after they've slept with each other and Christian going to town with her on a Lips, with lipstick. Uh, number four, we've got Julia and Sean, the revelation of Sean's affair and kind of the funeral scene from Megan and everything else in between there. Uh, the third best one, we've got Sean confronts Escobar in the final episode. Number two, the church sequence involving Christian, Sean and the priest. And of course, number one, the suicide sequence featuring Megan uh, in that one too. So again, we're going to plan on putting that up, a little video uh, up on YouTube. You'll see all the links and everything. And basically what we'll do, as long as that stays up there, you can enjoy it. And in the meantime, if there are ones that we've missed, if you want to talk anything up in between, then please email us, the OzNet work at hotmail.com we'd like to hear your thoughts on that and we'll do that at the end of every season and then at the end of six seasons we'll come up with our top five overall ones but uh nick i think we've done well this episode what do you think yeah it's uh it's hard to think we're putting season one in the book so i kind of can't believe it Mm, it's, it's interesting it's kind of just we've gone through this quite well and it's kind of setting things up obviously for for the future and i guess kind of just quickly touching on season two this is a season I feel that both you and I are very much high on. I, I kind of feel that this is uh, one that you and I are very much looking forward to. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, we've got some great, great things moving forward on season two. One of my all-time favourite characters uh, is brought into this season. Uh, I just, I cannot wait. I'm just going to say, can we just get to Ava already? Um, just amazing. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we get a lot more, uh, we get a lot more Annie. We get a lot more Gina, a lot more Kimber. Um, we also get to meet Julia's mum. Uh, we get to, we get to meet, um, Dr. Quentin Costa in the next season, who becomes more of a season three thing, but, um, you know, that's kind of, keep an eye out for that, but, uh, a few more episodes in the next season, we've got 16 as opposed to 13, but, uh, look, if you, if you're ever kind of wanting to get into Nip Tuck and really want to see this show as how good it is, um, season two, I think really solidifies this show of just how good it actually is. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked it up, so um, it's going to be interesting to see if it lives up to our own hype. Um, but, you know, we've definitely talked about this being the, the cream of the crop when it comes to, to Nip Tuck, that season two is really the one where it's at. So it's going to be interesting to see if um, if it actually is the case. I'm pretty sure that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that that is right. Um, but I think everything that you like about season one is still there, but it just all feels a bit more slick and polished. You can feel there's a little bit more money maybe in it. And, um, you know, the characters just, they even they get fleshed out even more and so everything that happens to them you you just get even more invested so yeah it's definitely going to be a fun ride and it's going to be a fun ride that you're going to take with us because we're going to continue our rewatch with it as always subscribe on itunes stitcher everywhere good podcasts are downloadable and you can always leave us some feedback rate us between one and five and uh, everything else in between like us on facebook follow us on twitter it's not just nip tuck we've got other movies and tv shows that we cover along the way looking at interviews as well keep an eye out for those particularly with some Nip Tuck members as well. So we hope to bring you those along the way. And uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this and we'll have a lot of fun continuing to bring it to you. But uh, let's close out season one of Nip Tuck. My name is Ben and I think throughout this we have told you what we don't like about ourselves. And I'm Nick and um, the this, this snake's ready to shit a skin. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.